Hey everyone, and welcome to the Nostalgia Effect, the podcast where we examine movies from our childhood through the lens of adulthood. As always, you got me, Amy, and Joe, and Johnny. Hello. Hello, everybody. I thought you were going to go, hello there. <laughs> hello there. The one time you don't do that <laughs> on the episode that you should do that on. <laughs> Old Joby One Kenobi? Well, yes, of course yeah. I know him. He's me. one <laughs> Joby one with that segue we are talking about the finally released obi-wan trailer oh so excited for this the much into you know i had like i literally had no when they announced so like i feel like disney just announces a bunch of shows and i forget that they exist and i literally when this obi-wan show i was like i like ewan mcgregor as Mm obi-wan in the prequels but i mean i really i was like what what more do you have to say about obi-wan that we don't already know. I think we're gonna find out. And how? Well, yes. This new trailer got me super interested. Mm-hmm. Um, just a couple of reasons. Uh, one is the overall plot. I don't know what the plot is, but it's obviously it's like there are Jedi hunters and they're going after the remaining Jedi, mm-hmm. which is a story that was already sort of kind of told in the um, Star Wars uh, Force Awakens. No. This latest, the latest single-player Star Wars game. God damn it! How am I, how am I blanking on the name? Oh, Star um, Wars games. Yeah, you're yeah. going Force Awakens. I'm like, I don't remember that in the. Yeah, no, not Force Awakens. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's Star Wars. It's a video game. Um, the Force. New Age uh, or something? No, uh, I think it came out 2021. No, 2020. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Fallen Je- Fall Jedi Star Wars Jedi Fallen, Fallen Order. Order. That's what. Yeah. So that that that. Video game takes place after Order Six Seventy, whatever. Yeah, sixty six. Sixty six. I think. Um, yeah. After that, and you're a Jedi on the run, and you're hunting, and they have Inquisitors as well with these lightsabers and things like that. Hmm. I think I got maybe twenty minutes into that game. It's, it's such a fun game, and it's such a good story. Uh, it's a it's a really good Star Wars game. Uh, Star Wars games in general are tend to not be great, mm. uh, but this is like a single player story narrative driven um, game. Really, really fun. Really good story. Um, but it so my issue not, not my issue there but like that that was kind of like it was introducing a new character and like new mm-hmm. things um so i didn't really care I, I am interested to see sort of that story but with obi-wan a character that we do mm-hmm. know yeah you know um that does seem interesting to me mm-hmm. yeah here's the the description of it centers on obi-wan kenobi 10 years after the end of the clone wars where he faced his greatest defeat the downfall and corruption of his best friend and jedi apprentice anakin skywalker turned evil sith lord darth vader which doesn't really give much of a description that's just the description that they have yeah. on imdb but um it is cool that it is confirmed and it's not really a spoiler that Hayden christensen is mm-hmm. in this as well mm-hmm. so that'll be we also interesting get Joel edgerton in there Yep. Yes, I forgot he was in the, oh, in the prequels. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I forgot he was a young. And we get Amber I, Rue, Camille Nanjiani's in this as well, and Benny Safdie is in this. That's hmm. interesting. Um, they don't have character uh, names for them. Yeah, well, you know what I don't kind of like though. I feel like pretty much all the Star Wars shows, except for the first season of The Mandalorian, just take place on Tatooine, and I'm kind of sick of Tatooine. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we've seen enough Tatooine. Can we just, can we do something else? Can I go yeah, to a Yeah, we know planet? that's basically where Obi-Wan, after he drops off Luke, that's basically where he stays because he has to well, watch over Luke. That's what it? we think. I, mean, I always, yeah, I always assumed that, that Obi-Wan was doing all kinds of... I don't want to call them side missions, but I always assumed that Obi-Wan found things to do. Mm-hmm. That he wasn't always just, you know, an old man who lived out beyond the Dune Sea. I got uh, I got the impression that he was just an old... Because he seemed so bit... I mean, because well, one is Alec Guinness' performance in, in Star Wars New Hope, you know? Mm-hmm. He's, mm-hmm. he's very much... It's like known that he just thought it was all silly and didn't really want to be there. Right. Um, but that portrayal did seem like he was just an old man that kind of withered away and was his job was to watch this kid and that's kind of what he's been doing for the past mm. i don't know how many years i think um, i think that was the cover i don't know that it was ever cuz he clearly like he he rolled up and and scared those sand people off and they should yeah. have not been afraid of an old one solitary old man they knew his mm-hmm. deal to some extent mm-hmm. um that makes sense and so and and obi-wan was i mean he walks into the most Eisley cantina you know a dangerous place and cuts off some dude's arm and doesn't bat an eye about you know booking passage with a smuggler i mean this is a guy who's clearly living on the underbelly of the galaxy and Mm -hmm. knows how to navigate it so i always Mm -hmm. thought that that Mm -hmm. obi-wan was was up to a lot more than just sitting around yeah that makes sense that check that checks out um what's crazy to me is um ewan mcgregor's about 
10 years younger than Alec Guinness was in the first Star Wars. Oh, really? Really? Uh, yeah. And so it's it's uh um it's like maybe it's like ten, like ten to twelve years, but that's uh that's kind of funny too because I've been seeing a lot of people comparing the Golden Girls to the women in Sex in the City, the current Sex in the City TV show, and yeah, saying they're, like they're the same age. age. And so it's yeah. I think it's kind of funny how we're how we're depicting old age now versus how it used to be. Yeah. I also think it has to do with just people didn't take care of themselves and oh, much absolutely not, and they, and they leaned into just... being old. Yeah, I mean that's what we talked about with bill murray yeah yeah, yeah you, you know exactly yeah nowadays like uh, people look younger i suppose yeah because mm-hmm. people kind of take care they of moisturize they, put, they moisturize yeah <laughs> like i mentioned in our group chat you mcgregor looks the exact same as he did 20 years ago when he first played obi-wan mm-hmm. yeah I think he's, he's a little bit of gray in his beard. That's about it. Yeah, and like you know, a little bit more crow's feet, wrinkles, you know, wrinkles. Yeah. But but I mean, yeah. he's boy. If I if I look that good at fifty, I'd be I'd be fine I with mean, that. I don't look that good now. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and I'm I, like half his age. <laughs> but I'm 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 super jazzed for this. I thought it was a really great trailer. I hope the show is good. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, no surprise to either of you or the listener um, mm-hmm. that I'm no fan of mandalorian and i have yet to mm-hmm. bother to watch boba fett yeah and yeah, yeah boba fett is a little bit mm. hence hence yeah. my hence my uh reticence but the Mandalorian's really good and you're the wrong Mandal- not like the it. mandalorian is a wonderful series of set pieces but beyond that i think it's just kind of meh mm-hmm. um whereas um, this one I really i'm hoping disagree, i suppose i'm hoping for some very like proper storytelling. Yeah, I can see that. Could it also just be that you you have more familiarity with Obi Wan? You kind of care about that character. Well, no, whereas I, I, like the Mandalorian, it was just a brand bunch of new characters. That no, that wasn't. Sort of that, maybe didn't hit the mark for you. That wasn't it about the Mandalorian. For me, it felt too much like a video game where it's like, all right, now you got to go protect this thing and get this money to buy this special shiny armor. And it was just a bunch of small quests. And the first three episodes really should have been one much shorter episode and i i found it kind of frustrating in terms of its pacing and then um there were a lot of things that felt like they didn't matter and they wasted a lot of their time on that but then whenever the show was going to do an action scene that was fantastic that's when it felt like it came alive and uh, and it seemed like that was the whole purpose of the show was to depict these really cool action scenes and they were really cool action scenes and every now and then there would be a really good episode that was good all the way around i really enjoyed um the last one the one that taika watiti directed of of uh, the first season yeah with the droid yeah that was real. that was a good that shootout episode i mean they're basically stuck in the in the cantina uh, under yeah. siege and i thought that was awesome uh and i remember season two had a really good one with uh when they went undercover with uh bill burr mm. and that whole yeah. long scene about uh like enlisted soldiers versus officers that was all really good stuff and and that's where i thought the show kind of rose to this peak uh but didn't yeah. always didn't always stay at that peak um, i just mm. think it's an enjoyable show i enjoyed it the first two seasons boba fett if you had the same complaints about boba fett i can understand that because that show is very uneven yeah um and it, it's a weird thing that I, don't, I don't know why it exists but I, you know the ending was kind of cool sort of you know mm-hmm. I liked it. Mm-hmm. um but i had no interest in this uh in this uh obi-wan show really so mm-hmm. this trailer i don't know maybe it's just because i wasn't expecting it to look this way sort yeah. of i don't know mm-hmm. but i i am excited it seems well and um, also uh just just the the idea that essentially they're trying to um flush the whatever remaining jedi out via their compassionate acts and 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 heroism i i think mm-hmm. is a, a particularly sinister way to go which i think is great mm-hmm. um i thought that was cool it just kind of i'm 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 very excited i i have a feeling it'll be pretty good and i think also unlike mandalorian what'll be great about this is i think they're only going to do the one season the one series it is uh, like a limit it says like a limited series yeah type deal they, that's but they all call they, they're all called that now even if they're going to do another much, season yeah. but i just i don't think they did that for mandalorian or for boba fett well i mean just like as as shows that are classified as a limited series um, yeah. it just means that they're not a full season not a 20 something yeah. season thing mm-hmm. on broadcast television well i don't yeah. think they like hbo 
the all of their shows are 10 episodes mm -hmm. and they're not technically classified as limited series that's like a season succession is i think nine episodes a season and that's classified as a series now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah I, I hope that it's a more finite story that is told just in the one series and then they leave it be yeah i, we'll I think that they see. will because it'll probably be a section of time between after he drops Luke off and then to probably wherever. Well, maybe it'll show why he's such a grouchy old man in New Hope. Well, he's not grouchy. He's he's pretty good natured in that film. Well. Says the grouchy old man. But I find him to be very good natured. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of grouchy, our mm. favorite yeah. grouchy dude who wears pointy ears. Mm. Oh. Gets even more grouchy. Mm-hmm. Well, he's just he's real emo. He's really emo in this one. You know, he's he's got a lot of feelings, all right? He's got a he's got a journal. He's uh he's journaling things. He is a true millennial emo kid. Of course we speak of uh of the Batman listener. Of the Batman. The uh, Batman. Um but uh I This is gonna be a spoiler free discussion. Yeah, spoiler free. We're gonna spoiler -free. All don't the worry spoilers. if you haven't rushed out to the theater no. yet. Uh, but I cannot believe that Batman was a ghost this whole time and didn't know it. Mm -hmm. <gasps> Joe. <laughs> wow. Wow. Shocker. Oh, we said no spoilers. <laughs> uh, I thought this, I thought the movie was fantastic. Fantastic. I, this like, wonderful uh, ho horror noir uh, that did things with Batman that I've been wanting to see for a long time. And also things that are in common with my... 2005 Batman knockoff movie, which was the first movie I ever made. Uh, there, <laughs> there are direct things straight out of that movie that are in this. Wow! You think Matt Reeves ripped you up? You think? I he, think he uh, did. Or, I think or, he did. I think. Or, I think he, he probably yeah. saw it and then he, forgot he about it. it. Yeah. And yeah. then it just, but the the good ideas stayed sort of in his mind until they were finally <laughs> let loose in this film. Definitely, that's what happened for yeah. sure. But now this movie. Uh, you Everything know, about it. it. I it's love really it. good. Yeah, I, I mean, I know that there are flaws to it. Um, I just had a really good time watching it. So mm -hmm. like, they're not, mm -hmm. they're not, they don't come to mind mm -hmm. as often. I need to go see it again for sure, especially because I kind of missed the beginning because I was parking because mm -hmm. parking was very bad Classic. as it usually is, and I am very late as I usually am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but damn, like. Just visually, the movie looks great. Um, I thought Robert Pattinson is a pretty great Batman. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It is interesting that he's not... They don't... This movie is all Batman and no Bruce Wayne, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he has maybe don't... like a total 10 minutes out of the three-hour runtime as Bruce. Maybe not even. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I only remember like a couple of scenes, really. And I think the majority of that time was in the church. Yeah. Like at that funeral scene. Yep. And so it's interesting to see... Uh, you know, a Batman movie that doesn't really tackle that. Mm -hmm. But I kind of like it because we've had that hap We've had that, like, that duality mm -hmm. of Batman and, Bruce and Bruce Wayne and, yeah. like, how they how they differ, you know, from the Nolan stuff and then the Zack Snyder stuff. So I kind of like that they didn't do that. And it's much more just Batman being Batman, being a detective. It sort of feels, it's got, it's got a little bit of feeling of the animated series, which, uh, you, yeah. you know, I love. Because mm -hmm. um, in that in that show, I mean, he is he is Bruce Wayne sometimes. But most of the time, it's just focused on what Batman's doing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just, this, this movie is really good. The score is also mm -hmm. really good. Um, so I'm not good. a big, I'm not like... I, I'm not like I, I, I don't catch scores all that often. Like I, most of them don't like hit. Yeah. But the Batman theme, yeah. damn, yeah. that's a good Batman theme. Like obviously, every, when you think about a Batman theme, if you're a movie person, you think of the um, Danny Elfman theme, Tim Burton, yeah, yeah Danny Elfman, mm -hmm. Tim Burton theme. That's what I think of. Yeah. Uh, and this one is sort. It's kind of like it. It's got like similarities to it, but it's its own thing, and it, it feels it. Fits the movie and tone so well, and I fucking mm -hmm. love it. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, and I'm not like I've never been like, oh, I love the score of this movie or of this character's like score. Uh, yeah, I never really noticed that sort of stuff. Um, but that this stood out to me as like being just brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I when the trailer came out, it ha you know, obviously there was the Nirvana song that was kind of mm -hmm. under mm -hmm. was sort of running underneath it the whole time, but yeah. the Batman theme was in the trailer as well. And at the time mm -hmm. I was just hoping desperately that that was indeed the new theme because I really really oh. liked it. So I was very yeah. very happy that it was that the cuz sometimes yeah. sometimes trailers mm -hmm. will do that. You know, they'll have really yeah. wonderful music that have nothing to do with the finished film. Yeah. I was also I was uh, just going back to what yeah. you said about the Nirvana song. I thought that was just for the trailer, mm -hmm. you know, because trailers doing that, that now. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know that it was uh, that would actually be in the movie, and 
I mean, I just really liked it. I like that Nirvana song just in general. Yeah. But yeah. it fits so well into this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, okay, this is yeah, really cool. It's- it's really got that whole emo goth vibe that well not necessarily goth for nirvana but like the emo vibe so you guys keep saying emo and maybe i'm i just don't fully it, understand y- what emo yeah, means because you were you weren't a part of the scene it's just yeah, it's, it's just more of it's the, like aesthetic the feel how robert pattinson plays it's him the in angst a, yeah angsty kind of way is it angst because i thought emo was just whiny children no it's angst I mean, it's yes angsty. and no. It's a, it's a it's like you know it's your subculture of just um so, kind of like it's goth and you know but more um, trendy I suppose mm, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. people call it like the 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 uh, the poor man's goth or whatever. I see. Um, but it, you know you call it emo because it is he's younger and he's angsty. Uh, he's got long hair and he wears the eye makeup. You know, and it's like prevalent. Well, this is the and, first time we've um, ever seen eye makeup on yes. Batman, even though yeah. he always wears it. This is the first time we've ever yeah. seen it, which is the only yeah. other yeah, time which it's I ever think been. That having that show up, I think, makes it more of that emo aesthetic. I guess it's the only other time that has ever been established was uh, Nicolas Cage as Big Daddy and Kick-Ass. No other... Yeah superhero franchises really dealt with it although uh, i will say this movie also even though everybody's pointing out it's sort of batman plus seven and zodiac and all these things um Mm -hmm. it actually does have quite a lot in common uh at least in some ways to um arrow especially the first couple of seasons nobody knows what you're talking about joe nobody watches arrow yeah i watched <laughs> no, i watched the first couple seasons of arrow and i don't remember any of it well it does you're gonna have to take my word for it but like he in the first couple of seasons he doesn't wear a mask he puts grease paint over his eyes because he doesn't want to mm. mess with his peripheral vision despite also wearing a hood and gets around on a motorcycle a lot like that was a cool thing i thought about this batman was that he, even when he wasn't Batman, he was kind of like undercover, always yeah. undercover in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was that was pretty cool, and it and um, yeah. I thought I think when we talked about it initially, when that first teaser came out a long time ago, I was mm-hmm. excited to see a truly damaged Bruce Wayne. You know, a mm-hmm. really, and I think that the movie did that very credibly. Oh yeah, this is definitely the most unhinged Batman we've seen. Definitely. That's, oh, what is that? That's 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 not. I mean, it's it's me, but it's not me. It's uh, <laughs> something's getting installed in the in the closet just on the other side of my wall. Oh shit! Okay, well yeah. that was loud. <laughs> I know, I know. That was that was an impact driver for sure. But uh, yeah, no, this he was he was super messed up, and it kind of reminded me a little bit. Uh, I think I even I think I mentioned all of this before. Um, I shot a video a long time ago with an Olympic fencer, and mm-hmm. the, very nice guy. But there was also really nothing behind that. He was mm-hmm. just, like just a fencer, singularly focused, determined, disciplined, serious. And mm-hmm. I remembered after that day thinking, this is what Bruce Wayne would be like. It would be somebody who is obviously a person and is perfectly, you know, polite and reasonable in public. But there is mm-hmm. nothing behind that. There is only mm-hmm. one thing, one determined goal to this person. Um, yeah. And I felt like they did that with this with this Bruce Wayne. And it's maybe yes. the 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 most um, the Batman that is least concerned with Bruce Wayne since probably Michael Keaton. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. in like in in the in the first Keaton movie, there's a bit where Vicky Vale says to Bruce, to Michael Keaton, she says, any idea which one of these guys is Bruce Wayne? And he goes, oh, I'm not sure. Because he kind of forgot that he was Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I, and I felt like that's that this movie went even further than that. Um, yeah. But not for a joke. Yeah. I, 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 like, I like that they... I feel like this Bruce Wayne, this version of Batman is sort of like the most real... Realistic in the sense like, this is what would happen if a person became so singularly focused on this one thing mm-hmm. that fucked them up mm-hmm. because of their, you know, whatever they, this, this would be how they would act. Yes. Like he's not, he's not cool and suave. Yeah. Bruce Wayne, playboy guy. Yeah. He's fucked up in the head. Uh-huh. Gonna beat the shit out of anybody he sees mm-hmm. that's doing, you know, yeah. his own sense of justice. Yeah. And, and even, he's got an, yeah, because no, well, I was gonna say because even um, even like with Christian Bale, he you know he felt dedicated and serious and everything, but mm-hmm. also you could there was a sense of he enjoys being Batman, like he yeah. he 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 likes mm-hmm. doing this. He's he he it's a mission for sure, and he's serious about it. But he jokes around with Alfred, he jokes around with Lucius Fox. Mm-hmm. He he says I don't want to say he quips, but he does every now and then say something funny as Batman or playful, mm-hmm. and uh, and this Batman no. 
There's there's no yeah. joy in his life. There is only no. this singular mission, which he hopes will kill him. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. He, is, he is deranged in this. He's all, he, and the movie the movie sets it up great. And just the parallels between him and the Riddler. Is yeah, just, it's fucking. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah. a good movie. Yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, can we talk about Paul Dano as the Riddler for a second? Because oh, yeah. oh my god, so good. I you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm conflicted a little bit about oh, really? his his performance. I think he's good, and it's like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it's I was like expecting. Really, in this way, it is. It's but it's in the same way that Robert Pattinson's unhinged as Batman, but like to the nth degree that where Robert Pat where Batman is going for justice, the Riddler is just flat out. Well, he's also going for justice. justice. Yeah, the Riddler his, thinks but he's his going own, for justice yeah. too. But his own demented idea of what justice yeah. is. And, like, um, there's a line, and Bruce Wayne or Batman won't cross that line to kill innocent people. But the Riddler's like, fuck it, I don't care. I'm killing people well, just to get this But the justice. Riddler doesn't think that any of these people are innocent either. Yeah, yeah. He's he's killing them for because they're guilty. Uh, in his mind, yes. you know? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I mean, they, they were corrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, you know, in his mind, he is the good guy. Him and Batman are partners. Um, mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just Paul Dano. Maybe it's just because he didn't look any, he just looked like Paul Dano. You sure. know, once, once, you, once you take off the mask. Yeah. And Paul Dano doesn't have like a, a particularly menacing look he's looks very boyish you know he's that's what to me makes it so creepy and i'm as i I have told you guys before i am your resident true crime friend and if you look at a lot of serial killers they don't look menacing some of them look kind of boyish or they don't um, look ordinary yeah they look ordinary the only one i think whoever was kind of the outside of that was oh my god why am i blanking on his name i should know his name he's like the most famous serial killer in all of america not ted bundy because ted bundy was ted like bundy a, i was gonna say he, he no he no looks like i'm a... saying ted bundy is he's the exception to this rule where he is this most good looking oh yeah yeah, yeah. very charismatic guy mm-hmm. while most serial mm-hmm. killers are very ordinary looking you wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup they look like every other person yeah like Dahmer, mm-hmm. gein gacy yeah. they all just kind of normal looking dudes yeah yeah, yeah. Which I think uh, is what, what Paul Dano adds. Just the way he plays that Insanity 2 yeah. is so great. He really plays it up. And I, I quite liked, um, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to phrase this in such a way, listener, that if you haven't seen the film, it's not a spoiler. But um, he does remind me of um, what we, a problem that we have right now currently in our society with... Um, certain groups of people who wish to play soldier and think that they're mm-hmm. cool and uh and those those people are certainly not specimens of anything uh mm-hmm. and they seek to avenge their poor treatment uh their their perceived poor treatment by the world um you know they're they're the, the guys who uh you know are angry about every girl that ever ignored them and so they're gonna take it out on everybody else and uh paul dano looks exactly like that guy mm-hmm. in this movie i 100%. think uh and i mm-hmm. i thought that was great i i think batman villains especially as we reinterpret them always can tell us something about what we're afraid of right now you know the joker used to be a gangster and then mm-hmm. for nolan's movies he was a terrorist because that's what we're mm-hmm. afraid of now um and i think similarly dano's riddler is what we're afraid of now uh he, you mm-hmm. know not just a, a, f- a puzzle loving freak <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, speaking of villains, though, um, Colin Farrell, yeah, as the penguin, oh, uh-huh. fucking fantastic. I, I, I just, I just it. heard that they're doing a, a, series. a spin-off series, mm-hmm. yeah. HBO Max, mm-hmm. which I think because I really want to see more of his penguin, and mm-hmm. I want to see him become like the crazy penguin that we 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 know I as a Batman villain. Yeah, because um, I mean, what a performance! What what just like. He just like apparently people on set didn't know that it was him. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was I was hearing too that like John Turturro or whatever yeah, like yeah. didn't know that that was him, and he was like shocked when he found out because <laughs> yeah. he really does he really does like you forget that that's Colin Farrell. Yeah, you're like what what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he was also probably the funniest character in the film. He I mean, had he... some really great one liners, especially mm-hmm. yeah. when it was um. They had him tied up, and they were looking at the computer, and then they leave, and he's like, you know I'm still here, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then he waddles away like a penguin. Uh, (laughs) So I will say, because, Amy, you've mentioned that scene, that's one of the things that was in my knockoff Batman movie almost like 
almost 20 years ago mm-hmm. was something exactly that that there's two characters interrogating a bad guy and then they do in fact leave him tied up <laughs> yeah. yeah um but man that was and, and you're he is almost like the only comedic relief in the movie yeah every now and then there's like one or two uh, jeffrey wright gets a couple of funny things but uh yeah. oof jeffrey wright another so great performance yeah jeffrey wright as jim gordon just feels well, so didn't you say that they're doing an hbo series so, with the oh, Gotham. that's right. So they were they were going to do a Gotham Police one, uh, but I, as I've been reading it over the last few days, it looks like that that idea is officially out of the window, and now they're doing it, it morphed from a Gotham PD series into a Arkham Haunted House series, which sounds even cooler. Mm. I'm I'm mm. I'm on board for that. Interesting. Uh, you know what else? Yeah. I, this whole episode is just going to be talking about the Batman. <laughs> but you know what else I really, really, really loved about it? Yeah. The um the Gotham Gotham. Gotham yes. City itself, the way mm-hmm. it looked and felt, mm-hmm. it felt like a realistic version of the Tim Burton uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it reminded me a lot of Chicago, but New York. Yeah, well, so it was shot in Chicago. There were a few sh- a few shots where I was like, oh, you could see the financial I thought it was building. in London. Didn't it shoot in London? They did, um, but there was also some uh, some second unit shooting in Chicago as well. Okay. Uh, there's a couple. Because I know, I know Nolan, Nolan did Chicago yes. as Gotham. Well, he did Chicago sure. in the first and the second Batman uh, films, and then by his third one, it was uh, a little bit of Chicago, New York, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles. Uh, I think mm. that's it. But the look of and feel of Gotham City in this yes. feels straight out of the comic It book. does. It feels straight out of Absolutely the comic Absolutely, it does. Um, and it also felt, I think they did a credible job uh, making it feel like the kind of nightmare city that would produce a Batman. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it was all, it's grimy as hell. Yeah, like greasy and how it was, it was always raining and it was a really heavy rain. Um, mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and every and like every, almost everything was you know each every window we looked through was streaky and greasy and wet and foggy and just added to that texture of a of a gross city. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, real good. Yeah, real good. Yeah. All right. Any more Batman thoughts? Because I could we could talk all day. I could that. I could talk yeah. all day, but we should probably get on. Yeah. <laughs> we should actually go to the most non-Batman thing we can possibly transition to. Steve Martin. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Steve Martin is the opposite of Batman. A million miles away from Batman. <laughs> Not in a uh, bad way, <laughs> but in, in well, it in remains to be way. seen. I have never seen this movie. Cheaper by the dozen. You have. I've never seen this movie either. I remember when it came out, and I remember it had a sequel. Yeah. Um, but this movie did not interest. When this movie came out in like what two thousand three? Two thousand three. Yeah. yeah. It would have been not on either of your guys' radar. It was a perfect movie for me. Yeah, because I was yeah. I had graduated yeah. high school in two thousand three. Um, and wow. I um I also I didn't know that it had a sequel, but I did remember that it was a remake of an original, and that mm-hmm. uh, uh, shortly after the re-release of the new movie, there was a remake of a knockoff of that. Yours. Mine and ours with I think Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid and um uh oh my God Deborah Messing I think it was Deborah Messing. Oh, is it really? Um, yeah, which is a remake of a I love or an I love Lucy a Lucille Ball film. Right, but I did get a little bit confused because I thought Cheaper by the Dozen was the movie where they had sort of like a blended family and their own, but then I mm-hmm. I remembered when in my because I was I, I I think I was looking up I think I was just trying to. Trying to find it was Rene Russo. Oh, oh Rene Russo. They look very similar. They're both redheads. That's true. But yeah, I this movie, uh, Cheaper by the Dozen. I've I've only seen the sequel like once. I've never seen the original, and I'm probably going to watch the remake of this remake with um like Zach, Zach Braff, Braff and, and uh, Gabriel uh, Union. It, is it Gabriel Union? I thought it was. I think Gina it's Gabriel Union. Reason. That see, like I think the new the remake of this this one the you're right one that's coming out it's yours mine and ours with Cheaper by the Dozen because I think they have a blended family in that Mm. but yeah we're not gonna talk about the new so so but so Amy but you had seen this film I have seen this film I used Uh to watch this you love this movie all the time I loved this movie growing up but you don't love the sequel I've only seen it once and that was like shortly after it came out I don't remember anything I know it's with Eugene Levy Mm -hmm. and he has a large family in there at some kind of lake or something and that's all I remember from it but I guess at least past Amy did not care for this film if you don't remember that much and haven't bothered to to no I don't remember the second one I don't remember or care for. Mm-hmm. This one I love. No, no, that's what I'm saying. That you, that you, yeah, oh, yeah. That the second one. It seems like by not by having seen it and not remembering anything about it, they, that <laughs> that seems to well, be the I think verdict. By the time it came out, uh, I was it was kind of like past my my 
liking or want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it came out in 2005, so you would have been like 15. That's about the time when, when you're kind of like, oh, this is for kids or this is for babies. At I least, don't know. At least on mine. At mind. 15, but, I, mean, I, was still, I was still watching Disney Channel until I was like 20. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was, I just didn't really care about it. But Cheaper Brother Dozen, the first one, I loved it. It Speaking of emo, there's um, like simple plans in this. Some 41 has a song in this. And I remember like just whenever I hear either. Well, whenever I hear the Sum 41 song in too deep, I visualize this very specific scene that it's in, even mm. though I like know that song and I love that song outside of this movie. But that's so funny because when I think of in too deep, I think of there's an American pie that plays it. And that's what I think of in terms of movies. I have no idea what either one of you is talking about. It's a song by a band called Sum 41, you old man. (laughs) You're old and you don't listen to pop punk music, Joe. Nope. Nope. Because that is a contradiction in terms. (laughs) You're not not wrong. You're not wrong. (laughs) Sid Vicious would be spinning in his grave at the idea of pop punk. I mean, he probably is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I was really into this movie because it was like Hilary Duff was in it. Steve Martin was in it. Bonnie Hunt. This was at the end of that 70s show, Ashton Kutcher. So I was really into that as well. Oh, Ashton this Kutcher. This came out seems? when, huh. uh, at the same time, he was filming the last season of that 70s show. Hmm. Oh, really? Mm hmm. I feel like that 70s show last. I mean,. I mean, it lasted longer, but I feel he was on the show longer. He was on the show, wasn't he on the show? I mean, I don't know. You would know. You would know. Um, but because it started in like 1999, I believe. But yeah, whatever. It was that, only that's like beyond... five seasons. I thought, so it was I thought that show was on forever. I never watched it. Yeah, I thought it, it was like it was eight or nine. I always it's watched a good show. it in like syndication, so. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was on for a good while, I think. 98 to 2006. Okay, so yeah, you were probably right. That is because he went like a year before um, it ended. Because mm-hmm. it went, they went. Excuse me. I had chili for lunch. <laughs> Jeez, <Joe>. Nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, no, you're right, you're right, because, yeah, you're right. Um, but I, I, I do, so I remember this movie as being a Steve Martin movie, and then it had Ashton Kutcher in it. That's kind of the mm-hmm. only things that I know about this movie, and Hilary Duff, obviously. But, yeah, beyond that, you know, it seemed like a silly kids movie that I was not interested in watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, it's been probably, like, ten years since I've seen it. Okay. But I did used to watch this a lot. This was one of those movies that I had in my Rolodex of, I'm going to watch this once a month until I get sick of it kind of things. Mm-hmm. Wow. But- Jesus, Joe. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Tone it down a bit. There was cheese on the chili. <laughs> you really shouldn't be eating cheese. You know that. <laughs> uh, I, I think the funny thing is, is that of everybody on this call, I'm the only one who can eat cheese with impunity. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Starting to catch up to you, my friend. Yeah. Uh, but all right. On that note. Are we ready to go? Are we ready to go watch this? Yep. Speaking of childish, <laughs> let's watch this movie. Before we watch the movie, a quick word from our sponsors. And now our feature presentation. And we're back. And we're back. Oh, we are back. <laughs> <laughs> We've been, we, we've, not the same as before, but we're back. <laughs> we're, we, I ain't changed, but I know I ain't the same. Yeah. Oof. Oof. All right, Amy. All right. Yeah, Amy. Yeah. You got a lot to answer for. You do. You kind of oh, do. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's always uh, how it is. is. exactly what I thought it would be yeah. and exactly why I thought I would not like it. Yeah. And it lived up to it. It lived up to all of those uh, preconceived uh expectations well it's funny because like the opening the opening seconds and it's natalie merchant Ten Thousand maniacs which i i quite like natalie merchant and Ten Thousand maniacs mm-hmm. and yet i was like oh my god this is the most 90s milk toast way to open the movie and then to my lack of surprise it was directed by sean fucking levy who is one of the worst (laughs) hacks working in the industry today if you want butter pasta and white bread and milk for dinner this is your guy that's going to serve it to you. That was my dinner growing up for a lot of the 90s. <laughs> that explains so much. <laughs> and yeah. And so you hate Sean Levy. Okay. Yeah, Sean Levy. Uh, look him up. The last thing he did was Free Guy, which was 
a limp piece of milk toast if ever there was oh, the, i like free Reynolds. guy but in a, like that stupid funny way yeah. i haven't seen it I, I i i did see it was on hbo and i've been meaning to check it out mm-hmm. yeah it's it also on disney stupid. plus um but he also did i think all of the night at the museum night at the museum yep. movies mm-hmm. um so he was the last person to direct robin williams and that's why robin mm-hmm. williams is dead Thanks a lot, Sean Levy. Oh, no. Joe. <laughs> Was it too soon? Cerebral. Um, and, I mean, and Sean Levy did Real Steel, the that Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie robots with Hugh Jackman, movie? which yeah. was terrible. Yeah. Uh, Sean Levy's real mark of distinction is hiring slick fucking actor kids in Hollywood and then employing them in his shitty ass movies. And uh, I just can't stand the man he's he's got a new one a new, a new movie coming out the adam project on netflix i don't know what that uh, yes it's got um, ryan reynolds and uh mark ruffalo and uh ex mrs ben affleck uh jennifer garner yeah and it looks and like i remember seeing the trailer and thinking like oh this this looks like it's gonna be fun and then it's like from sean levy it's like oh fuck that shit and you were like i'm out uh, yes i'm out that's it that's exactly what i said fair <laughs> enough uh all right amy go, go ahead i'm sorry yeah, give us, give us, how was it? How Give us your take on this movie, Amy. See you get new eyes. I was deep in my nostalgia glasses with this. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so you... much nostalgia. It's, I think it's cute. Uh-huh. I can also, though, I, I definitely see where you guys are coming from. And I think that's probably why I stopped watching this 10 years ago. <laughs> but it is extremely nostalgic for me. What, what do you love about the movie? I don't know. I think it just takes me back to this like time where I didn't have to worry about anything because I was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I could see that. Okay. But I think it's also the soundtrack. There's a lot of songs in the soundtrack, like <laughs> the 10,000 Maniac song, Sum 41, Simple Plan, where it was like, I love the songs in this movie. And it's just kind of a warm blanket. Mm-hmm. Does it remind you at all of your childhood? Because they, they sort of live out in the country country um and live in a small town like is is there any part of that that also kind of feels i don't know about true to your experience but in some way something that you can relate to not really i mean like the big mm. family part kind of um, yeah that's what i was gonna ask if the big family part because i could see you I, I mean i don't i didn't grow up with a, a big big family i don't there's only like five you, of you grew up with more family than either of us <laughs> yeah yeah cause, yeah cause... but like going to my grandparents house there was like 30 of us in this two-bedroom house right like, it was a tiny yeah. tiny house right like yeah. i think it was smaller than even joe's house mm-hmm. 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 there would be 30 of us crammed in there for a solid day for christmas or thanksgiving or whatever so that mm-hmm. that i definitely kind of hit with me or uh, maybe without me even realizing it yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because i i find as as somebody who you know it was just me and my mom growing up uh so watching this movie like one i don't care for children two <laughs> i cannot stand having big groups of people around me, especially family. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie was... There, so there's the opening scene where he, he comes home from having uh, f- being on a run and sits down on the bed and the kids are all there. And, and I was like, oh, that's I mean, that's sort of cute. That's nice. It kind of feels like when the dogs are on the bed. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I was like, maybe this isn't going to be the, the, the like emotional stress response that I usually have when there's a lot of children around. And then the breakfast scene happens, and then the rest of the movie happens, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is why I don't like families." Um, yeah. And uh, so you're like basically the same but opposite of Bonnie Hunt's character. It was just her, and then she wanted a huge family. Oh but yeah. You were. It was just you, and you want no family. I want no family. And the same thing is same with Sarah. Like you know, like we were because she was also essentially an only child. She had a, a mm-hmm. stepbrother who was like. 15 years older than her so she basically mm. was an only child um and yeah and we're both very much like nope mm-mm, dogs we're dog people dogs are that's mm-hmm. it that's all we want <laughs> granted we do have four uh that's so, a lot of dogs <laughs> that's yeah. a lot of dogs um yeah. but yeah this movie was just like a sustained stress response for me um <laughs> and uh and and then also uh i really really chafed at some of the ultra conservative values that the movie was pushing there's that bit where we meet the the horrible neighbor woman who's a vegetarian and they look at each other like oh one of those people and yeah. granted she is city awful, folk but the thing's like she is awful so then they yeah. lump on they, they 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 conflate vegetarian with awful prude woman um and yeah. then and she's then, basically a vegetarian karen because like most yes Karens, i feel like are those southern Gotta eat your meat, mm-hmm. kind of women. Mm-hmm. Like have a meat sandwich with meat on top. Yeah. And then, ooh, that sounds 
sexual in a way that that's disgusting. disgusting. Um, and then uh, Johnny's Johnny's not uh, Johnny's not mm. he's not turning it down though. Mm. He's he's into it. Um, but uh, so there so there's that, and then there's the whole uh, oldest daughter who's 22 cannot sleep in the same room with her boyfriend. As yeah, the, the boyfriend that I, she lives with. That she lives with. Yeah, I, when she's yeah, as I old didn't get as Bonnie either. Hunt was when she had a kid. And then there's that point where they even say like, "This house is G-rated." It's like you fucking kid. You have 12 kids. You this is X-rated. Yeah, it's clearly not. Clearly yeah. not. Um, and well, and if they even start making out on the bed with Hillary Duff's character in there, and yeah. they're clearly going to yeah. probably do something. Oh yeah, I and mean, like she's like, can you just like wait until I leave? Mm-hmm. And considering how there's usually it seems that there's usually six to seven kids on the bed at any given time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm really questioning where all these other children came from one thing that i um very definitely realized in this one that bothered me was they try to nail home the we have 12 kids thing way more than they should yeah because there's a time where steve martin's calling the services and he's like i have 12 kids where one of them doesn't live at home one of them is barely in the house and two of the other older kids can take care of themselves for damn sure Yeah. yeah Like no. they're like, and then when Bonnie hunts mm-hmm. in the hotel, she's like, "Can I have twelve pillows?" You don't have twelve kids sleeping in your bed all the time. You yeah. only need maybe six new pillows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I had I took real issue with that too because it was like, yeah, it's like two or three of them are like teenagers, and one has moved out of the house. So no, you don't have twelve yeah. kids that need to be babysat yeah and i mean going back joe to your point about piper parabo's character and ashton kutcher couldn't like sleep in the same bed my parents do that too like if my sister's boyfriends come stay over uh-huh. one of them has to sleep in my old room yeah even and- though my sister has a queen size bed uh-huh. both my sisters have queen size beds in their old rooms at my parents house yeah i actually without knowing or having met your family in any way shape or form i did think that they were probably the kind of people who would see this movie and be like Yes, mm-hmm. that's the oh, right. Oh yeah, way. my my parents loved this movie. Yeah, I can, it checks out. Yeah, it checks out. But then I but then I also did think like, wait a minute, does, am I then assuming that Steve Martin and Bonnie Hunt would have voted for Trump if they were around today? And then that if made, they were these movie? characters, yes, yeah. they probably would. And I was like, oh no, are they anti-Semitic? And I wanted like a whole spiral. Mm. <laughs> like, what else You're do like, they Steve hate? Steve Martin, uh, well, like, what? Are they? Are I they also you my whole life? Yeah, like, are they also people who who like these characters? Are they also people that think uh, Mexicans are a, a real danger to American society? Like, I started to get really <laughs> like I went too far. I went Although down the deep do end. they live very, very close to probably the most liberal part of Illinois. Well, like they're in Chicago suburb. They're in the Chicago suburb. Yeah. So, well, and Chicago is one of the more liberal um, city within the state. Yeah. Well, and also Chicago is uh, one of the cities that has obviously i don't think as many as los angeles but is one of the, one of the highest uh populations of mexicans there's a lot mm. of them that live in chicago goddamn mexicans i know they're everywhere they're everywhere <laughs> um but but yeah so it just it does kind of seem like i don't i don't know how they could live in such a place if they felt that way but then again there's plenty of people who do so i don't know i mean they lived in a pretty rich neighborhood so yeah. not a lot of mexicans there no clearly not um clearly not i don't think there were aside from a few of the uh silent football players there were no people yeah, of color no, no people of color very white speaking rules nope. it's a nope. very nope. um very early 2000s 20th century fox film yeah family film and that's the thing this movie was you know we've talked about uh children like kids movies versus family this movies movie this was mm-hmm. a kids yeah. movie this was adults falling down that was my note yeah. 10 minutes in i'm in nostalgia but it is 100% a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. Which is a little weird because you wouldn't think kids are like, you know, really into Steve Martin and Bonnie Hunt. Yeah, you know? I don't think and, so. They and had it, to get some comedic people in there so the parents would be able to have someone to not cling on to, but focus on with slight humor. To carry the so movie. So they can make it somewhat yeah. of a family yeah. movie, even though there's not a lot of really great jokes there's frogs jumping in eggs yeah that's what that's and what then the is. eggs explode yeah and then everybody gets all messy oh mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. i uh did not laugh once i think during the whole i thing. think i laughed mm-hmm. once but i can't remember what the joke was my the one time i actually laughed out loud was when 
it's Piper Perabo and Ashton Kutcher, and they're in the apartment. She's trying to get Ashton Kutcher to come mm. with her to the house. And he goes, they set me on oh, yeah. fire. Yeah. And it's the way he says it is extremely Kelso. And Kelso's the only thing I relate Ashton Kutcher to mm-hmm. at all. So, like, that was, that was the one part where I'm like, okay, that was funny. But I think that's just because it's the way he said it and the character that I'm associating him yeah. with saying that. Um- he, I did think it was also interesting that uh, another monster in the film is a guy who doesn't like kids and doesn't want children. And and even and even Piper mm-hmm. Pyroboo's character when she's initially when we meet her and she's like they're they're pulling me back in. It felt like somebody who had achieved escape velocity from her family for a reason. And yeah. well, that's another yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and then but then at the end of the movie, she's like, oh, I love my family. My you know my horrible yeah. family drove this guy away. Yay! Mm-hmm. And it was just yeah. kind of like, but. That's not who we met in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Well, it is. Yeah, they're they're doing that whole family is the greatest treasure. Family above everything, mm. even your own sanity. Yeah. Uh, even your own boundaries. Like yeah. that's the thing where I was just like, oh, okay, she's saying she's an adult person, right? Just starting, and I guess that's kind of like they do kind of allude to it. Yeah. That like, oh, we're leaning too much on her mm-hmm. to help with this thing, right? You know, because you know, Bonnie Hunts is like, oh, you you called her. You know, from her away from her first real job to right. do this or whatever, right. uh, which did seem kind of like I'm like, damn, that kind of sucks. That's really like, shitty. You, you gotta like take care mm-hmm. of your family that you, for why because because there's 12 no, of them yeah because yeah, like, like you what? had no say mm. or or role in creating all of these other people but you have to look yeah. after them i mean amy is an older sister i'm sure that happened to you yeah. like you were free yeah. child care essentially but there wasn't 12 of you yep. <laughs> you know um, i don't know it, it was it was a strange and that was a strange message strange and, thing. and the other thing too the second act was these kids acting shitty and then steve martin being upset with them for being shitty and it's like oh look how sad it is that he's yelling at them it's like they were acting really shitty yeah yeah and i think that's also this is something that i experienced a lot working in retail where a lot of moms like young moms would bring their kids in because i worked at basically a forever yeah. 21 and so it was a lot of 20 year old 20 to 30 year old women would come in and bring their three to six year old kids who would just run yeah. amok in the store and the kids that ran amok were the ones who had the parental guidance on them just they didn't take care of them they didn't look after them they didn't i don't want to say punish discipline discipline thank mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. yeah they had zero discipline and you'd think that after having 12 children mm-hmm. steve martin and bonnie Hunt's characters would know how to discipline or rein their children in a little bit better yeah there would have to be there would have to be there's that many there has to be discipline yeah because yeah. i think that it, it that's kind of just such a stupid part where these kids are just acting out i think that they, the kids were acting out because they wanted some semblance of normalcy and their parents were basically lying to them saying like oh we're gonna have a perfect right. happy family living and moving here because it seemed like they were normal and worked together totally fine when they were in the country mm-hmm. house mm-hmm. i mean to, to i mean there was still things happened but yeah they they seem yeah. to be uh better they seem better well behaved yeah um and that 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 really bothered me because I don't know about either one of you, but there's always that fear uh, that you have of your parents yelling at you. It's just kind of, it's just in it there. It depends yeah. on where you are. Um, like my youngest sister, no, probably has zero fear of being yelled at by my parents. I don't mm. think she's ever been yelled at by my parents, mm. except for when she had to go to school for like another extra two years because she failed the most basic of classes. Oof. But other than that, no, my sister got away with drinking in high school in my parents' house. So much stuff that I would mm. never have gotten away with. They, they would have murdered you. Yeah, yeah. like literally. <laughs> I got a door slammed in my face getting a tattoo at 22. And and, mm. and then... And then Do you think it's because they like her more? Is she the fun sister? Oh, yeah, it's because she's the youngest. <laughs> she's the baby. Okay, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I... um, Yeah, this... this this movie this movie <laughs> yep. really it like it made it, it it annoyed me on a on a really deep level because there's also um this message that basically you can't as a parent well firstly okay so when steve martin when they're trying to make the they're, when they're telling the children they've made this decision that he's going to go become a, a coach at this school uh, and they're like let's open it up to a vote hell no this is yeah. not a democracy yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? yeah that was strange um like, and 
Mm. And, and and so like that bothered me. And then th- this this kind of repetitive message that uh, striving for something that's for yourself, which is in turn for your family, is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And everybody was so selfish in this movie. Uh, not the parents, I think. I think they were really trying. They were really trying yeah. to to mm-hmm. do something good for themselves and for their families and for each other. And everybody else was was so selfish. Well, yeah, that's yeah. I think where we go back to it being a kids movie. We've always talked about in kids movies where it's the parents are these bumbling monsters yeah. that are just there to ruin the kids lives mm-hmm. and that's basically what this movie is yeah they're like the antagonists yeah. of the movie exactly yeah really that's exactly and it's like right. all all both all steve martin and bonnie hunt were doing was one pursuing their dreams of their careers which was giving them money yeah. for these 12 yeah kids Mm -hmm. i mean the fact that he was working at a school where the children could go for free it's like you've got 12 college tuitions paid for holy shit that's amazing that's a windfall for that family that's a lot of money yep oh that's like more money to pay for those 12 well 11 11 colleges yeah than any of us would see combined in our lives yeah yeah and then bonnie hunt wrote a book and going on a book tour yeah like for for a week or two tops i think it was like two weeks going on regis and kelly like are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, speaking of that, like... Regis and Kelly. So firstly, yes. And also Oprah after that. I mean, you get on Oprah's list, yeah. you're set. With Dax Shepard as your cameraman. I which know. I totally didn't realize until this watch. I was like, oh my God, it's Dax Shepard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did think that was funny. And I was, I think that might have been the part where I laughed where, where he was like, yeah, don't come. Don't I was come. like, is he talking to Oprah? I was like, why is the cameraman talking to Oprah? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like directly, just like, I'm going to call Oprah's people. And he yeah, just gets I, on the I gotta, phone. I got to get Oprah on the line. That first, <laughs> and also... As as a professional, I will tell you right now that is not enough people and not nearly no. enough gear. Oh yeah, they, they brought in nothing. <laughs> Zero lighting. It was just the sound guy and the camera. And guy. one beta yeah. cam. But um, the uh, I think the thing that I did laugh at was when Bonnie Hunt said after the sixth one they just walked out. I thought that was mm-hmm. I thought that was funny um, mm-hmm. because a woman who has that had that felt like an almost an ad libbed line on Bonnie Hunt's part. It did. She's because Bonnie Hunt's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it absolutely was, but. Uh, that was the only scene I laughed at, but I also was cringing when Regis Philbin said that she looked yummy despite having 12 children. Yeah. I was like, oh, God. But also <laughs> having uh, grown up watching Regis and Kelly, actually, I grew up watching Regis and Kathy Lee and then yeah. uh, transferred to watching Regis and Kelly yeah. because that's what my grandma would watch whenever I was at her house. Yeah. And that is how Regis Philbin was. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, he was an old man. So, yeah. as much as we love him, he was an old man, and he very much acted like an old man. He was an old white man, old white rich man. Yeah, and, yep. uh, that's what he acted like. I never um, makes sense. I never. I, I was aware of him, but I never beyond knowing who he was. I just yeah. like, oh, is that over-caffeinated monkey? You know? <laughs> yeah, and like we also watched a lot of. He wants to be a millionaire and stuff at my grandparents' house too. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, So I got a lot of Regis Mm -hmm. in my life. (laughs) A lot of Regis. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that that was especially disgusting. Wayne Uh, Newton. I just want to point out that Wayne Newton was in here on probably the 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 best bit. Wayne Newton. Wait, am I? No, Wayne Knight. Wayne Knight. Wayne Knight. Yeah. yeah, I was like, not Wayne Newton was not in this film. Yeah, Wayne Knight. And I, I, I do forget, like, oh yeah, he lost weight because the first time we yeah. saw him, I was like, was that Wayne Knight? And then he leaves. He's only there for like a second, and I thought, well, it couldn't have been him. They need him from. They need. Well, you need Wayne Knight for more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, as stupid as that bit is with the falling chandelier, I did kind of like it. Just it was a stupid bit. Yeah. Um. Did they? Are they? I thought at the end of the movie, it lo- I thought they had moved out, but then it looked like they were still in that house at the end. So I was sort of confused. No, they, I think they were still in the house. Yeah. They didn't move houses. He just changed jobs. Okay. Because they said he needed, he found a job closer to home, but they were still living in the same In the building. same place, in the same nice home. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, how though? Because I'm pretty sure the university bought that house for them. Or it was like, uh, like, or, or or it was a property that they already owned. I yeah, I was yeah. confused yeah. about that too. Yeah, I, I didn't really get it. But by then I'd kind of checked out. Yeah, so, I, I had I to. I probably could have missed some things. You guys probably didn't stay and watch the blooper reel, which is probably the part that had the most PG-13 moments in this entire film. Hell no. So I actually did stay and watch the blooper reel because I had one. It was there, and I was like, well, maybe this will probably be funnier than the rest of the movie combined um and it was uh, yeah it was the part where it was bonnie hunt and tom Welling yeah. were talking about the chandelier was on the floor and she's like well we can just roll one of us in duct tape and roll them on the floor and then he goes okay and then he leans in and they start making out yeah 
And then that was kind of funny. Yeah. And then Hillary Duff is running into frame and she slips. And then Bonnie Hunt's like, oh, well, you got to stop, you know, uh, and like makes the like you're she's like, drinking. You're a, like, she's like your, your damn brain won't work if you keep tossing them back like I do. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the bloopers was actually all Bonnie Hunt being very, very fun. Like clearly the yeah. funniest person on set. Bonnie Hunt. So Bonnie Hunt is pretty good in this. Well, the only it made me think I haven't seen Bonnie Hunt in a lot of things recently. Yeah. What happened to her? Mm-hmm. She kind of dropped off. Uh, the last she, thing like, retired. The, or the something. last thing just... I think I remember her in, she was the voice of Judy Hopps in Zootopia, which is actually kind of funny because Judy Hopps also had a million brothers and sisters. Ah, <laughs> connections. But Bonnie Hunt had zero brothers and sisters in this movie. Correct. Yes. Well, she had one that died. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. That, she had a sister that died. She says after my sister died. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I did watch the bloopers and, and yeah, they were funnier. I, w- I will say when I was watching it, um, Sarah came by at some point and because there's, you know, there's a bunch of children there, minors, underage. Yeah. And Sarah goes, oh, that would have been a nightmare to schedule. And she's absolutely right because oh, yeah. different ages can only work for so long in one span. I'm sure they had to have a lot of stand-ins. They would probably schedule certain kids in the morning and then shoot other scenes with certain kids in the afternoon. And It probably was a lot longer than the normal three-month shooting schedule too, just to make sure they get everything in. Yeah. Well, and also you have to be careful about how you shoot children that are that young because over the course of a very long shoot, you will notice that they have aged. Like It'll be really yeah. obvious in the edit that they will have aged. Yeah. Also, uh, and I'm sorry to say this, Amy, but uh, I think this is the most that I've really watched Hilary Duff. And mm-hmm. I don't think she was a good actress oh, this then. Is not, this, is, this is not a good indication of Hilary Duff as an actress. Okay, well, because Sarah's also <laughs> watched a couple of episodes of How I Met Your Father, and she's no better in that than she is here. I, mm, I think that yeah. I, really, I, I I mean maybe that's just me being blind to my <laughs> love of Hillary Duff. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, because you you know, because I've also I've I've seen a couple of episodes of the Lizzie McGuire show uh, when it came on, mm-hmm. um, but I don't remember anything of it mm. besides that she plays like a regular what you would picture a t- your typical teenage girl to be, yeah. um, and that's kind of what she's doing in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the how I met she's also like I don't know she I, she's. She's like Ted Mosby in in she is the Ted original. In well, well, I mean, I know, but I'm saying in terms of like, sorry, she's like Josh Radner yeah. in, <laughs> oh, in, okay. in in that sense that she is the weakest. She is just not. She's just a template of a person, sort of. Yeah. In, ter- in yeah. terms of acting. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, I can see where you're coming from, yeah. but I think Amy, you might be right. You might just you you connected with Lizzie McGuire on such a level. No, I wanted to be Hillary Duff. When I was 13, I wanted yeah. to be Hillary Duff. Yeah. I still want to be Hillary Duff. <laughs> well, I mean, she's got her own show. She's, she probably has good money left over, or Lizzie McGuire money, so. She's married to a musician. She has, well, she has four kids, three kids, four mm. kids. I don't know. She has, she has kids. That's too many. It's less than 12, but it's still way too many. <laughs> I mean, she looks pretty good, though. I'm gonna, that, is, that, is, that is one thing I will say. You guys ready for some fun, a small amount of fun facts and recasting? Yeah, go for Let's it. Let's do it. Okay, one that I did not pull, but I remember just because we were talking. Um, neither Steve Martin nor Bonnie Hunt had children when they filmed this. And then Steve Martin had his first child a couple months after this movie came out. Huh. I will point mm. out, because I did look it up, because it's a, it's a constant problem in our, in our media, uh, is the depiction of men and women's ages there is an age difference Mm -hmm. of 16 years between steve martin and bonnie hunt and um Mm -hmm. i i kind of find that sort of criminal because i feel like to some extent we have no idea what a a a woman in her late 40s looks like because because it's always like (laughs) no there's no way of knowing there's no way of knowing i mean like there really isn't and i remember people i remember people uh um uh what's her face um Anna de Armas is 32 or something like that. People are like, wow, look at her. She looks great. It's like, she's 32. <laughs> what, do you think women just Once explode stop, after 20? Yeah, yeah, like, what happens? Yeah, no. You know? Yeah. It's just... Women can only be hot in their 20s, Joe. Apparently. All right, after that... Hey, hey, yeah. 30 is the new 20. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Don't take this away from me. If you plan on, living, if you plan on living longer, yeah, sure, it's the new 20. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, 
Yeah. yeah we all know I'm not going to live past 50. <laughs> <laughs> but your corpse will be astonishingly well preserved. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I eat enough shit food. It's going to be preserved perfectly. <laughs> Um, after the meat soaking scene, which is a scene that I thought I would not find funny this watch around, and I kind of did. Uh -huh. um, but after the meat soaking scene, Steve Martin's character says, "Where did they come up with soaking their under soaking his underwear in meat?" And it was actually his idea to soak the underwear in meat. It was Steve Martin's idea. He added that to the script. Yeah, uh, I think that that's think that's what this is saying. Huh. Mm. Um. And then the other, the only other fun fact I have is the Oprah Winfrey TV crew is the cast from Ashton Kutcher's show Punked. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dax Shepard was a part of Punked. I don't know who the other guy I, was. It's but... been so long since I've watched Punked. I, like, I haven't seen it since it was on MTV. I never watched I, it. I forgot that it existed. I forgot. I, I've actually, Ashton Kutcher's been a, a non-entity in my life. I think I've seen, <laughs> this is the most maybe I've seen him in a movie, honestly. Um, yeah. I, that's interesting. It's a, that is a, that is a fun fact. That has zero bearing on anything that I know about. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fun fact. It like, is. hey. Yeah. Um, and then I have some recastings. So there was a recasting for one of the twins. It didn't specify which twin. I'm guessing it's one of the redheaded twins, the girls. I was gonna say it um, had to be it had to be <laughs> well, I guess not the identical ones, because if you recast one, you have to recast the other. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was a recasting for one of the twins, but the actress literally had not done anything mm. since 2009. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure the fact was added by her or one of her team. Sure. Not that she has a team because she literally hasn't doesn't done anything, do anything since 2009. Yeah. 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 Um, but for Charlie, who's played by Tom Welling, uh, Jared Padalecki was originally supposed to play Charlie, but was unable to do so. So they asked him to play the bully just because they wanted someone taller than Tom Welling. Yeah, I noticed him because I was like, wait, isn't that the guy from Supernatural? Oh my gosh, it's mm -hmm. a CW face-off right there. Superman versus Supernatural. Yeah, that's what I thought because I had, I had completely forgotten because I, I did make a note. I had a huge crush on Tom Welling, I think in the later years of me watching this. But when I first watched it, I had a really big crush on the middle child skater kid, not the youngest skater kid. The kid with with the upside down visor? Mm. Oh, no. not one of the bullies. He's a rap kid. He's <laughs> a he's a hip hop kid. No, the one in the family. He wears like the red beanie. Oh yes. And has like the rollerblades and a skateboard. Yes, or yes, yes. I had a really big crush on him. Tom Welling yeah. is. I mean, he's kind of at his peak. Tom Welling. I think it's just yeah. just right around Smallville. He just maybe started. I think that. this is like yeah. This is around the Smallville yeah. time. And right, it was, I think maybe. As Smallville was ending, as Supernatural was starting, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think if Tom Welling hadn't done Super or hadn't done Smallville, he could have been Jared Padalecki's brother. I think he should have been Jared Padalecki's brother in Supernatural. They could have. They look very similar. Do they? Like more similar, I think, than than Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles do. Mm. I don't know what either of those guys look like. So all I know is this guy from Smallville, and I've never watched Smallville. So it's Superman. It is, but yeah, it's not. But it's mm. I, I. It's I've never watched it. it I, like, I watched the first two seasons, I think, and by season two, I was holy like, holy shit! I didn't realize how long this show. It was on, on for now. forever. Uh, yeah. Ten years yeah. from 2001 to 2011. I watched the holy first shit. couple seasons. First season, was like, yeah, all right. This this is okay. And then second season is like, I'm getting tired of this. It's, it, it, yeah, it's, that was the show that was still when CW was WB and it's in, in the transition from WB to CW. Was it? Cause I feel like that happened, uh, around season five of Buffy, which would have probably been, yeah, like 2003. Yeah. So actually, I think that's probably right. But, um, I just, Smallville runs into that same problem that Gotham and Krypton and all those other shows was like, Hey, do you like Batman? Do you like Superman? Cool. Here's a show that has nothing to do with them. And that's kind of mm -hmm. what Smallville felt like a lot. But it was so tantalizing yeah. because, you know, the Green Arrow would show up, the Flash would show up, there would be other uh, Kryptonians and, and, and Lex Luthor. And, uh, but it just never... It just never became Superman. I listen to Lex Luthor's podcast now. Yeah, Michael Rosenbaum. He has a really good podcast now. Yeah. What? What are you talking the about? The actor who plays Lex Luthor, Luthor has a really good podcast. Oh, on Smallville? Uh, Inside You with Michael Rosenbaum. Mm. He was also the voice of The Flash in the Justice League. And Johnny, if you've not watched the Justice League, it's fantastic. The animated series? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. So well, I've was... seen, I haven't seen the whole thing, but I've seen, I've seen pieces of it he, and it's really he was good. the flash and he's great yeah i also started watching uh the superman animated series hell yeah that's a I great really show like that one as well yeah that was a great show i have 
recastings for Tom, Steve uh, Martin's character. Okay. And then we're done. Okay. Then we can put this movie behind us. Wait, was his character's <laughs> name Tom Baker? Yes. So he was the fourth doctor? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Joe. <laughs> nice. Okay. So Mel Gibson was considered. Oh. <laughs> that would have been well, that would be a movie that, <laughs> that I do see. <laughs> that would have been PG thirteen. Wow. Uh Robin Williams was considered. Mm. Tim Allen, Kurt Russell, and everyone's dad, Tom Hanks, were considered. Wow. Yeah. Those kind of mix. I could see Tim Allen in, in this for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I did kind of like that it was Steve Martin though. Um it it I don't know. It was Steve Martin, Maybe just, but it was Steve Martin not being particularly funny, honestly. Like, he wasn't doing yeah, his... Yeah, no, it, it was wasn't. more serious. It was more dramatic role yeah. for him than There comedy. were a couple bits where it felt almost Steve Martin-y. Once Bonnie Hunt leaves in the taxi to go to New York City, and he's standing there on the curb with the kids, and he's doing that Dracula thing. Yeah. Um, that felt... I missed that. So, <laughs> like, it felt like it was edging on Steve Martin. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely... Yeah. When, when Bonnie Hunt left, that whole segment of that movie felt a little bit like... Um, Incredibles 2, but obviously I love Incredibles 2, and I think that's a much better movie. But it kind of reminded me of that. It's like, oh, mom's away, kids uh, are going nuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and like dad's rung out. I was going to say, did you just feel like that because they were playing Simple Plan? Which I couldn't tell you, I couldn't recognize if a gun was to my head. Yeah. That song is probably my favorite Simple Plan song. It's literally tattooed on my body. Mm. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible decision. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love that song so much. Clearly. Because we all think tattoos are terrible. Yep. Yes. Johnny especially. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And now that Joe's got tattoos like the rest of us, you corrupted him enough. That's true. I'm getting another one end of this month. Joe is a uh, hooligan yeah. now. <laughs> hooligan. I look cool, Unprofessional. Though. I look cool. And that's all that matters, really. <laughs> yeah. In life, that's all that matters. Yeah. Kids, remember that. <laughs> Tattoos are all that matters. Don't let your parents tell you otherwise. When they say you're never going to get a job. <laughs> oh, I was going to say looking cool is all that matters. <laughs> well, guys, I know what you're going to say. Like I say every time. But does this hold up? Oh, I don't. I don't think this was... I don't think it ever held up. But, no. I mean, that's... You know, I, no, no, just no. Let's just never talk about this movie again. <laughs> this this movie's basically right-wing conservative propaganda. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but but it's definitely not good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like right-wing conservative propaganda. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, maybe just avoid both. Yeah. Amy. Amy. I, okay. So, no, it does not hold up at all. Uh-huh. But... If this is a movie that you watch when you're a kid and you have not watched it since. Mm-hmm. It brings the warm and fuzzies. Yeah. You yeah. may have some nostalgia feels in it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. You know what? That checks out. And and uh, yeah, I, I can respect it. Yeah. I respect that. Mm-hmm. But if you have not watched this movie ever, don't. don't. don't, don't no, don't do it. I don't, you don't think. Need I don't to. think. If you've mm-hmm. lived this long nope. without it in your life, you can you can keep going without you could, it. You'll, you'll keep going. <laughs> yep. Unless you're a really big fan of Hillary Duff. You know what? Don't even, don't even listen to this episode. I mean, just just don't, don't, just don't even. <laughs> After the yeah, Batman conversation, just ditch. this far into the episode and you're telling them not to listen. Good don't do me. it. Don't do it. <laughs> you made a mistake. Go back. <laughs> do the flash running. Go back. <laughs> well, okay. So, listener, if you have seen, uh, I forgot what movie we were watching for this <laughs> If you've seen Sheep by the Dozen, the, this this one, not the new one or the original one, let us know. Do you, did you like it? If, did you not? Yeah. Are we, we wrong? Are we curmudgeons? Is that what it is? Do we not like joy except for Amy sometimes? <laughs> let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me the most emo. Do I not like joy? Yeah, we got to settle mm-hmm. a bet here. <laughs> let us know on twitter or instagram at nostalgitis n-o-s-t-a-l-g-i-t-i-s or nostalgiaeffectpod at gmail.com don't forget to be kind and rewind and don't have 12 kids yeah put some <laughs> yeah. rubber on it or something get a vasectomy <laughs> you bastard <laughs> or and get a vasectomy and know that you have to wait more than 24 hours yeah you gotta empty that you gotta <laughs> you gotta empty that gun before you fire again <laughs> oof oof